Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more pitching podcast from pitchers.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today's May 29th. Happy Memorial Day. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Merrill Kelly won 6.1 innings, one earned run, four hits, two walks, and 10 Ks. With 12 whiffs and a 33% CSW as he continued his fantastic season here against the Red Sox. That's now a 2.83 ERA with a whip near 105. And a 26% strikeout rate. What is going on? Well, the walk rate is at 10% and the Babip's at 252, but he's still killing it? I think that Vargas is, well, I'm sorry, Vargas Kelly is a Vargas rule a bit. However, I think even when things slow down, Merrill Kelly is a really good Toby. So this is a great situation that we're in with Merrill Kelly. I have to um, push him up the list, which will come out on Tuesday, not Monday, because it's Memorial Day. And... Yeah, we just hold on and we don't think about things. That's really what the Vargas rule is. We all know he's not really a top 25 starter. But Merrill Kelly, keep it going, man. Hey, Jose Barrios is doing some very interesting things. I put out a tweet about his last 50 innings being under uh, three earned runs before, sorry, three array before this start. And this was 5.2 innings of zero earned runs improving in that mark. Four hits, five walks, though, and five Ks against the Twins. He got the win. Jose Barrios is doing a different approach now. Four seamers are being used more out of the zone and not as a give-in pitch that he has before. While the sinker is a little bit more of that uh, with curves and fortunately change-ups showing up in this way, uh, in this game, in a good way. So Jose Barrios really going sinker curve change more with four seamers as this uh, maybe elevated fastball pitch. I think that works a lot more for, or a lot better for Barrios. Much less hard contact allowed on the sinker this year as well. So maybe he's not going to be the great undulator anymore. Maybe he's settled down to actually be a more consistently good pitcher at the moment. I really, really hope that things are going in this direction for Barrios. Um, and we'll continue through the year. Yuri Perez against the Angels upped his velocity to 98 instead of 97. Five innings, zero and runs, two hits, but four walks, three Ks. He kind of just chucked things uh, around the zone as much as he could. Uh, and he lost a lot of at-bats with his changeup and curve. I think that Perez really has this amazing arsenal. And I think it's just going to be time where, like Alcantara, he's going to be able to harness it in a way that we want him to. He's, again, he's 20 years old. And good news here, the short term, it's Oakland and the White Sox. So I'm cool with that. I think Yuri Perez is going to be much better in 2024. What year are we in? <laughs> uh, than he is in 2023. Still, I very much want him on my fantasy teams. Mackenzie Gore against the Royals. Seven innings, one earned run, three hits, one walk, and 11 strikeouts. 23 whiffs for a gallows pole. I feel like this is every other start for Gore where I get really excited about him. Then he takes a step back. In short here, the slider went 11 for 29 whiffs, 45% CSW. We had near 60% strikes on the curve. Four-seamer pounded the zone. This is great. I would love to see this every single time. But this was against the Royals. And now Mackenzie Gore gets the Phillies. 
Atlanta and the Astros and then even the Cardinals after that. And it's going to be a tough gauntlet for Gore to be this productive moving forward. So I want to be in. I don't know how much I can bank on the command being there each time. But I do feel he's getting an understanding of how he's supposed to be good. It's just a matter of consistency and, of course, not having the worst schedule out there. Uh, Cal Bradish against the Rangers, 6.2 innings, one run, four hits, one walk, four Ks. It's good to see it, but, you know, he really just got outs on the breakers, and I really think he's not, I don't know, linked in to his repertoire that well. So be careful. It's the Giants and Royals next, and the Giants are better than I've been giving them credit, so that might actually be a very rough outing. Eduardo Rodriguez rebounded against the White Sox. Six innings, one earned run, five hits, two walks, and six Ks. The cutter was back and looking good. I don't know if he's really so good that he'll go against Atlanta in 10 days, but Arizona is next, and that should be fine for Eduardo Rodriguez. Marco Gonzalez was a stream. It worked great against the Pirates. One earned run in 5.2 innings, six base runners, four, hit, four Ks. And now he gets the Rangers, so we don't do that. But that was cool. Good stuff, Marco. Christian Javier against Oakland did not do the things he was supposed to do because the slider had a 45% strike rate. Womp, womp, but still one or run five innings, and we're fine with that, but he got the win. But yeah, seven base runners and three Ks. You just need that slider to get strikes, and the fastball will do the rest. Ken Waldachuk opened for Luis Medina, who went, uh, Medina, I should say, 5.1 innings, five earned runs, seven hits, three walks, and five Ks against the Astros. You didn't really expect that. Now, Medina does get the Brewers and the Marlins next, and he is a quality start guy. He threw 86 pitches and almost made it through six here. So I think he can do that against the Brewers and Marlins. Consider him in your quality start leagues. Patrick Sandoval against the Marlins, six innings, two runs, eight hits, two walks, and two Ks. Very disappointing. A 1-6-7 whip and two strikeouts is just not enough here. What's wild is it was four whiffs total. Zero out of 11 change up CSW, which is wild. The reason I have that 32 whiffs shirt is because he threw what like 20 change of whiffs that game against the Mariners and then the slider wasn't exceptional Patrick Sandoval if you can't really do the thing you want him to do against the Marlins you really shouldn't be that considered for your 12 teamers Spencer Strider ace is going to ace with a golden goal because that's just really cool uh there's a temptation to put him as SP number one at the moment and I might do that I don't know I don't know the consistency of Garrett Cole over the years has been something else but I mean Spencer Strider is just so, so good. I might do it. We'll see. We'll talk tomorrow. Daniel Lynch uh, against the Nationals. 5.1 innings, two earned runs, five hits, three walks, and six strikeouts against the Nationals. Welcome back. 23% CSW on that slider, which is more of a sweeper now as it dropped, it lost uh, vertical movement and it gained horizontal movement. So it's a new pitch. It wasn't that effective. And I feel like Daniel Lynch is doing interesting things. The changeup was a near, uh, sorry, was a 33% CSW. He gets Rocky Road next. It's not really something I want to chase, but maybe there is something here with Daniel Lynch that is a little bit more interesting. I still don't really love his fastball, sadly. Jordan Montgomery against the Guardians. Five innings, two earned runs, seven hits, one walk, and three Ks. Against the Guardians, you got to do better than a 1.6 whip. Montgomery, come on. You get the Pirates and Reds next. Get it together. You host the Reds, so it's not even in Cincy. We keep starting him, of course. Uh, we have Bailey Ober against the Blue Jays. Five innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, and seven Ks. Honestly, really good against the Blue Jays. Uh, you love this for the most part. I mean, hopefully a win next time would be nice. 
And the four-seamer at the top of the zone earned 12 whiffs. It was really well done, well spotted consistently. It's a good fastball there. There's another level to hit with a slider and the changeup. The changeup did have a high CSW, but I felt like it wasn't really the super reliable offering. Um, and as long as Ober has that four-seamer cooking, things are good. Cody Bradford went for the Rangers against the Orioles. Five innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, and five Ks running. Who is this guy? It's 90 mile per hour heaters, and he spotted a slider and changeup, and it worked. This is kind of a birthday party here. I don't really think you should be chasing Cody Bradford. Graham Ashcraft against the Cubs. Five innings, three earned runs, five hits, three walks, and six strikeouts. We'll take the win, but man, he's just going cutters and sliders now. He's not even going sinkers, and I feel like that isn't a good thing. And that cutter is not well commanded. He just kind of throws it in the zone as best as he can. Yeah, that that just isn't the recipe for success. Luis Ortiz against the Mariners. Five innings, three and runs, five hits, four walks, and six Ks. Not the start you really wanted uh, after the really nice one last time. The slider was really good at 40% CSW. Uh, but he couldn't really execute it when he needed to. And I hope that he can utilize the slider instead of 30% usage or uh, maybe 35% up to 50%. It is his best offering. So maybe we'll see that. He gets the Cardinals and Mets next. I don't think that Luis Ortiz is the guy to chase. Hunter Gaddis, we knew that wasn't real. And he didn't do well against the Cardinals. Colin Ray actually did well against the uh, the Giants. It was Peelbot's stream pick of the day. Six innings, four and runs, which isn't good. But five hits, you get a win. Five hits, zero walks, you get a great whip, and you get six strikeouts. That's worthy of a streaming victory in my book. And now he gets inside of Cincy and Baltimore. I don't really want to do that. I think Colin Ray is okay. In streams in the future, Colin Ray may be something to consider. I don't think that those are that. Tyler McGill in cores, no thank you. Dylan C, so boy, against the Tigers. Four innings, four and runs, four hits, four walks, and eight strikeouts, 10 whiffs, 26% CSW. Oh my gosh. The slider was in clumps. It was precise. It was just too far out of the zone. It wasn't as tempting as it normally is, which meant that he needed to rely on four seamers and curveballs too much. We've seen this. This is actually what's been happening. But I do feel he's closer than just like, oh, I don't have it at all, and I don't know what to do. I mean, he really was feeling nervous out there. You could feel it. And he does get the Tigers again and then Miami. So we're obviously going into this. And I do feel like it's a buy low because once a slider just comes up a little bit, he'll be totally fine. And he'll be really good again. It's just, when is that going to happen? I think it could happen just next start. So I'm buying low, I think, on Dylan Cease right now, which is kind of hilarious concerning how much people have loved him and I've not liked him. And I think the pendulum, I don't know what the market actually is, but I imagine the pendulum swings so far the other way. If it is, then I'm saying, okay, you know what? I think he is going to be better than he currently is now. There are other guys to talk about. Tanner Houck, Garrett Cole, Drew Smiley, etc. We're going to talk about all of those in today and tomorrow's starters after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 
98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Tanner Houck at Arizona, four innings, four and runs, six hits, zero walks, and four strikeouts. You're not really what you wanted after last week's amazing command, but it is a 30% CSW here. Uh, I think in the future it will be a little bit better with Tanner Houck. Uh, he does get the Raising Yankees next, though, and he's more of a cherry bomb in those. I really wouldn't target him in the short term if I could avoid. Garrett Cole against the Padres. Six innings, five and runs, four hits, three walks, and nine Ks. It's frustrating once again to see the home runs come, and that's why you have the five and runs. You got the win because Darvish was worse. One one seven whip is okay. The nine strikeouts are cool, and the win is all welcome. But yeah, it it, it is feeling like maybe Strayer. I feel like after nine strikeouts from Cole, you, I can't really replace him, and we don't we do know that the ERA is not going to be five and runs in game. So maybe one more week, and we'll see what happens. But it is frustrating to see the two hundred one ERA turn into nine. 293 after two starts. It's a little annoying. Drew Smiley against the Reds. 4.2 innings, 5 earned runs, 7 hits, 2 walks, and 2 Ks. He executed the Blake's blueprint, but he hung some curveballs. The sinkers got messed up when they were inside the zone. It just happens. Obviously, six whiffs are not really the prime Smiley, but he's still good enough, I think, more so than a Vargas rule. And I think I still kind of start him against the Padres. Dylan Covey against the Atlanta Braves went .2 innings and five and runs, and we move on there. Uh, Austin Gomber was in cores against the Mets. Of course, not going to do well there. Josh Fleming, six innings, eight earned runs and 12 hits and two walks. My gosh. They just let him out to dry against the Dodgers. Uh, we don't really want to chase Josh, Josh Fleming. Gavin Stone got rocked for two innings, seven earned runs, 10 hits. It really just says to me, oh yeah, Bobby Miller has a longer leash now. Alex Cobb went seven earned runs, seven hits, four walks, two, uh, sorry, five strikeouts, and four innings against the Brewers. His splitter went just 50% strikes, resulting in more curves and sinkers, and he left those pretty thigh high. Uh, that really the, anyone is going to crush then. So when you don't see Cobb going 30% plus CSW on the splitter, really about 60% strikes, he's not going to have enough. That's why I was excited about the splitter. Didn't have, uh, sorry, this new slider. He's not utilizing utilizing that, and yeah, that's that's the life of Alex Cobb. I think you do want to keep going for it with Alex Cobb, but I think more times than not, he will have that splitter. Still, this is what happens. And then you have Yu Darvish against the Yankees, two point two innings, seven earned runs, seven hits, zero walks, and two Ks against uh, yeah yeah against the Yankees. It just he's a cherry bomb who performs how he does regardless of opponent because he just kind of throws it all in the zone. There are times he well commands it, but it's it it just isn't. He's not a command guy. Sometimes he's a control guy, but you Darvish is not a command specialist. It's just how it is, and it's why I don't think I'm ever going to give him the Aces Gunnays label. We hold on, of course. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. It is Memorial Day, and we don't have many awesome plays. We have Nathan Evaldi and Bryce Miller as the only auto starts. The probable start here is Bobby Miller, Sonny Gray, Tony, Tyler Wells, Anthony Descafani. As the, I think the very clear ones. Marcus Stroman against the Rays is a little more contentious, but I still think I do it. J.P. Francis is stream pick of the day against the Twins. Taj Bradley um, at Chicago. And you have uh, Michael Kopech 
against the Angels. These last two are more strikeout focused, but I feel like if you have them, you're going to go for it. In the questionable start tier, it's Logan Allen, Ryan Nelson, Rich Hill, Domingo Herman, uh, Logan Hill, sorry, Logan Allen against the Orioles. It's in Camden. I don't love it because Logan Allen kind of just is a Toby and the Orioles are a decent offense. Ryan Nelson doesn't have his secondaries, but it is Rocky Road. Rich Hill could make it work against the Giants. Domingo Herman, we don't know how he's going to look post-suspension without as much sticky stuff as he's had that got him suspended as you go against the goes against the Mariners. Griffin Canning could make it work if he's able to go about 30% fastballs against the White Sox. Michael Soroka is making his return. No idea what to expect. It feels like it should be good because it's Oakland, but I just don't know what to expect, so he's questionable. Adam Wainwright against the Royals. It's the Royals, but it's also been Wainwright. Mike Myers gets an opener which is a little exciting against the uh, against the Cardinals. He had a, an amazing changeup and slider down last time. It was incredible, but you can't really depend on that command sticking around again. And Matthew Boyd had a ton of slider whiffs last time, but I don't know if I can bank on that, and it's the Rangers. And the do not start tier is Trevor Williams, Carl Kaufman, and Paul Blackburn. Very clear do not starts. Looking forward to tomorrow's games, Shane McClanahan, Zach Gallen, Joe Ryan, Sandy Alcantara, Logan Gilbert, and Nestor Cortez are all the auto starts. At the end of that, Nestor Cortez hasn't been quite as sharp as we want, but the slider has looked better, and I feel that this is going to be a good one for you, that if you have Nestor Cortez yet, yeah, you're starting him. Probable start here, Bryce Elder is getting the athletics, and that feels like an auto start, but I still also think that Elder isn't as good as he has been. But yeah, it's a Vargas roll, and you get the athletics, you're starting him. Martin Perez is uh, would be the stream pick of the day if people hadn't had him rostered, but it's the Tigers. So yeah, go for that. It's a Toby against a good matchup. Tony Gonsolin gets Nationals. Same situation there. I mean, I think Tony Gonsolin kind of is a Toby at this point. Uh, maybe he's a Holly, but I just I don't think he's that great with his repertoire. So, but it's against the Nationals, so you do it. Miles Michaelis is a Toby against the Royals. Clear as day. Lucas Giolito gets the Angels. A very interesting one because it's 92 and change. With a changeup that isn't locked in, and the slider is good, but not great. I don't know what we're going to get from Giolito. The Angels, though, are they a good offense? Are they not? So I think if you have Giolito, you're starting him. Brian Bayo against the Reds, hosting them in Fedway, is the stream pick of the day, as Bayo has, I think, a good enough repertoire. No, it is not fastball whiffs all the time, but the slider and changeup, I think, are good enough to make this worthwhile. Questionable start here. Kyle Gibson gets a great matchup against the Guardians, but you never know what you're going to get from Kyle Gibson, so I have to say that's a cherry bomb in the questionable start tier. Tyler Anderson also really hasn't been finding his rhythm with his changeup and cutter and four-seamer. He gets the White Sox, and I feel like that's safe-ish, but it's a questionable start to me. Same with Kodai Senga, as I don't know if he's going to have his forkball, and the Phillies can make him uh, pay with that slider and fastball that just isn't enough. Brandon Bilak could have a really good changeup against the Twins, so he's also in the questionable start tier. Yohan Avellano could have his fantastic command against the Giants. That could be really fun. I could push him up higher, but it also comes with, I think, a low floor. J.P. Sears against the Atlanta Braves. Maybe Sears is that 17-whiff guy, and that's good enough against the Atlanta Braves, but he didn't have his whiffs last time. He did go five innings of production, but yeah, he only had a couple of whiffs, and it wasn't nearly as good as we've normally seen, so I'm careful in this one. Yusei Kikuchi gets the Brewers. He's been such a cherry bomb, but it's the Brewers. Ben Lively has had amazing sliders that led with him last time, but it's the Red Sox. I don't think I really want to go after that. Carl, Carl, Cal Quantrill against 
the Orioles in Camden, maybe he's able to jam right-handers with that sinker and jam lefties with the cutter. Ryan Weathers gets the Marlins. Maybe that works. He can squeak out a win. Uh, the Marlins are not a very good offense. I just don't think that Weathers is that good. And in the Do Not Start tier, I know Viedo has had back-to-back eight strikeout games, but this is the Rangers, like one of the best teams against right-handed pitching in the majors. Be very careful here. Alex Viedo was innately a cherry bomb just because we don't know if the slider is going to be there, and then you throw in the Rangers. No, thank you. Ranger Suarez against the Mets. He just hasn't found that rhythm yet. Zach Greinke, no thank you. Sean Manaya could start against the Pirates, but he pitched in relief last time. I don't even know how long he's going to go, and he has not taken advantage of the opportunities he's gotten against poor opponents in the past. Kyle Freeland at Arizona, do whatever you want. I will not. Kyle Hendricks against the Rays, he's not there yet. Uh, Adrian Hauser against the Jays, maybe he's able to just make it work with fastballs. There's a chance, but I don't want to do it. And Jake Irvin against the Dodgers is a very clear sit. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for the support. Sorry for the late one today. But that is it. I'll be back to normal scheduled programming tomorrow and Wednesday. Might be a little weird for Thursday as I'm traveling to Asheville. So keep in mind with that. uh, Some weird scheduling across the next week. But thank you all so much for listening. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.